There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. It's Thursday, November 3rd. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Today in our series, Cramming for the Midterms, we look at Maryland's race for governor. As Republican Larry Hogan moves out of the role, the governor's mansion in Annapolis is now up for grabs, and the two candidates cast very different visions for the old line state. WTOP's Kate Ryan says the candidates have a different approach to easing the economic squeeze on Marylanders. There's no doubt telling me you're going to cut my taxes, that resonates with Maryland voters. And as Maryland looks to the future of funding commuting projects with the help of tolls, the candidates weigh in on changing the course that was set by Governor Hogan. No one likes sitting in traffic. Everyone wants to go when they need to get somewhere. But both men don't dismiss tolls out of hand. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. And I'm Luke Garrett. So this is a race that's been going on for months. So you've likely seen the signs and perhaps heard of Democrat Wes Moore, who's a combat veteran, author, and former CEO of an anti-poverty nonprofit. Moore has never held elected office, and he would be the state's first black governor. Then there's Republican Dan Cox. He's a first-time state lawmaker out of Frederick County who's served in the General Assembly and has the endorsement of former President Donald Trump. He's trying to continue his traditionally blue state's recent history of electing a Republican governor. Joining us now to talk about the race is WTOP's Kate Ryan, who interviewed both candidates. Kate, thanks for being here. Sure. Um, So despite Hogan's popularity, it is an uphill battle for Cox in a state where Democrats outnumber Republicans two to one. Uh, Top of mind for voters and top of mind for talking points, of course, for both candidates is how they'll respond to economic inflation. Um, We'll start with Cox. What's his plan when it comes to the economy? That's a good question. Uh, And it centers on taxes uh, and reducing them. Beyond that, there are not a lot of details. Mm -hmm. He's made it very clear that it's his opponent is the one you have to worry about. Oh, my gosh. If Westmore gets uh, elected, you're going to see taxes go through the roof. And we'll get to, you know, Moore's response on that. But um, he does want to cut taxes on retirees. But that would be an extension of what the groundwork already laid by Governor Larry Hogan. So that's not new to the state and and new to Marylanders, which it's an extremely popular notion, obviously, right? right? Um, but there aren't a whole lot of details other than that. But interesting to note, Larry Hogan made his career and leapt to uh, fame as governor and to the state house by promising to crush taxes. And he did. He rolled back a number of taxes and fees in the state. Cox is promising the same hmm. Not a whole lot of details. He is a first-term delegate in the Maryland State House, decried by his critics as ineffectual. So is this a person who can do all of that? Remains to be seen. Mm. But there's no doubt. Telling me you're going to cut my taxes, that resonates with Maryland voters. Mm. So moving now to more. What is his economic plan? He talks a lot about child care, which is expensive. What is his economic vision? Keep in mind, he began his career as a CEO of a poverty-fighting nonprofit, 
and says this is the reason he got into this race, to help families. Mm. He sees the lack of daycare in the state as a drag on the economy. When people can't get child care, they can't go to work. So that's how he says, I get it. I understand you. That tries to address people's fears about, but what's this going to cost me? Mm. The big ticket item, we'll get into education, but that's part of it. And, and the fear that he'll raise taxes. This is where he and Cox sound similar because they both say federal dollars already committed to help the state could be leveraged to help pay for all the services that, in, in Moore's case, he says he wants to bring you. But he's not offering to cut taxes. He's really focusing more on spending. Is that right? He has said, actually, explicitly, listen to this bite. There is not a single word in my plan that calls for the raising of taxes, that, I, that there, there's nothing that calls for, for increasing taxes on Maryland families. But notice the end there, taxes on families. Mm. He's issuing a qualifier there. He's saying, I'm not going to hurt you, average Marylander. What does that mean for corporations? And mm. that's, that's the big concern because we saw a, an attempt to tax digital ads in Maryland was killed off in the courts. So the question is, well, all that money that was going to help pay for education reform, what's going to happen? Are you Mm. you going to go after businesses? It's a question mark. Mm. But he's adamant that this is not part of my platform. Will reality come at him and force him to in the future? Question marks and things that, you know, uh, voters are going to have to consider. And Kate, you actually hinted at this earlier. Education. It's a really big topic for everyone really right now. And we've just saw the numbers from the national report card and they really weren't good at all. And it wasn't a surprise either. The pandemic caused a lot of learning loss. What does each candidate say about what they'll do to Maryland's education system if elected? Very big differences here, stark differences. Cox is a fan of and a product of homeschooling. And he talks about parental rights. He'd like to see more funding funneled to charter schools and independent schools. Hmm. Um, now, public school folks say, wait a minute, where's, you know, right. where are my taxpayer dollars going? That's a concern for them. Cox has also railed against how schools teach things like history and social studies, labeling much of it CRT, critical race theory, which is not taught at high schools. Hmm. Uh, that's a university-level philosophical discussion. But he says... Discussions on race pit children against each other. And he says that, you know, when you talk about things like race in the schools, you ought to focus on Martin Luther King and people's content of their character versus the color of their skin. Challenge him a little bit with things like Frederick Douglass's uh, speech on what to the slave is the 4th of July, which is a searing indictment, by mm. the way. And he says, yes, but. But if you read that speech, he actually uplifts our documents. That's the point. You know, he comes around, he supports the Constitution. So it's an interesting sort of viewpoint that he has on how these things are taught. But again, I did try and pin him down. Would you not teach about slavery, Jim Crow, um, the internment of American citizens who happen to be Japanese? Would that all go? And Mm. he said, no, 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 no. Absolutely. They would not be out. In fact, I believe in teaching all of our history. That's the difference between myself and my opponent. He doesn't want to actually teach the history. He doesn't want to teach Martin Luther King Jr. that said we need to base everyone's uh, uh, actions and their uh, opportunities upon the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. And then we we touched on this earlier, but Wes Moore, it's sort of part of his plan is the is the child care 
aspect of the education policy. But what did he talk about when it comes to education? Again, he's he is a big supporter of public education. So you don't hear him even addressing issues of curriculum. He doesn't have a challenge on curriculum. Making sure that we can have a 21st century education system uh, and the fact that we do not have world class schools right now for every student. That's why I'm in this race. Uh, These are the issues I've been working on for my entire adult life. What he does really support is, again, this massive plan called the Blueprint for Maryland's Future. Um, And I challenged him on what about the out years? It is funded for the first five years. But this is at least a 10-year plan, seven to 10 years. How do you fund the rest of it? And he, Mm. he does concede that the out years could be a challenge, but again says we've got massive amounts of federal infrastructure and um, support for education, the ESSER funds, Mm -hmm. that, again, could be leveraged to help pay for these programs in the future. And there's really an interesting part of this midterm election season, really. An ABC News partner, 538, says that something like 60 percent of Americans have an election denier on their ballot. Clearly, as we're near the Capitol, the actions of the January 6th insurrection are quite personal here. Did this issue of democracy and ensuring democratic values come up in your interviews with Cox and Moore. Yes. And uh, especially with Cox, uh, you know, Moore has said that there is no issue for him. It's the the election works. Cox, on the other hand, has taken to getting a little irritated with reporters questions of if you are not the winner in this election, will you accept the results? Mm. And he says, you know, it's interesting. I'm the one who's asked that. Well, he's asked that because He attended the January 6th so-called Stop the Steal rally. He has been dismissed by Governor uh, Larry Hogan as a QAnon whack job. Here's how he answers the the question, too. He says, Will Wes Moore accept the results? I I have the same position he does. Uh, Yes, absolutely accept the results that are lawful and constitutional. Those were his words in the debate. And I found it interesting that no one asks him the question. He'll support the results as long as we can be sure that we count every lawfully cast ballot. Again, there's a qualifier there. Mm. Will he later turn around and say mm. there were ballots that were not lawfully cast? And he he doesn't go there. Mm. And, and again, we'll say you ought to ask uh, other people. I don't know why I always get asked this. But again, he has been one of those who denied the results of the 2020 election, called Mike Pence a traitor, that's a legitimate question, I think, that he's been asked along the campaign trail and has become increasingly impatient with. Now, these men aren't the only candidates in the race. Libertarian David Lasher, Nancy Wallace of the Green Party and David Harding of the Working Class Party are also running. However, early numbers project they lag far behind Moore and Cox. So we're not bringing them up in this conversation. In fact, Moore is ahead, but there's a red wave that's currently pulling Republicans you know, ahead in these tight races across the country. Do you think that could happen here, that Cox could pull out a win? I would be stunned if that happens. He does not have the support of the most popular Republican in the state, Larry Hogan, who has gone out of his way to dismiss Dan Cox. Hmm. Um, he also just faces the numbers of two to one Democrats to Republican registration Um, And this is a state where Republicans rightly complain of the challenges of getting anything done in the state house in Annapolis. You have to be very bipartisan to get things moved through that state house. Um, Dan Cox is not. And um, that's going to turn some people off. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there, you know, he has the support of former President Donald Trump. And 
for some members of the party, that's a huge, huge thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I, I, I would be stunned. Uh, Wes Moore has. You could fill a stadium with the number of endorsements he has. It's like who somebody asked the question: Who hasn't endorsed him yet? He's had former President Barack Obama stump for him. Um, so, in in this state, this very blue Maryland, despite the fact that they like Larry Hogan, he right. leaves office with you know polling numbers, approval numbers in the sixties. That's unheard of. Mm. Um, but I don't think that transfers at all to Dan Cox. And I'm getting into punditry there, so slap me because that's not good. But uh, I I would be stunned. Mm. Did you ask him about the Proud Boys interaction? Did he address it at all? Yes, we asked him directly about that because several things happened. Initially, uh, it was on his own website, okay? When you go to his campaign website and he it's a Vimeo, um, a series of Vimeo uh, snippets, and it's the primary election night, and he's being congratulated by a young man who walks up to him in what appear to be khakis and a black and gold polo-style shirt. When asked about this later, uh, Cox said he could not hear the fact that the young man introduced himself as one of the Maryland Proud Boys. And this token, and he hands over what turned out to be a comb, is for you on behalf of the Maryland Proud Boys. So again, later Cox said, I, I didn't know and I couldn't hear him. So I didn't know it was a member of that organization. I pressed him on that and said, you didn't recognize the black and gold shirt. That meant didn't signal anything to you? No, I did not recognize that. And I'll tell you, that's just a stupid distraction to have any, any uh, consideration of somebody sneaking into my event and handing a comb, which I discarded. Um, He certainly was not invited. Um, And I asked him, you know, does that raise concerns about security at your events? If if Mm. who who gets in? Nobody. He said nobody knew who this was. So that raised a question in my mind as to like, you know, basic security. I know that, uh, you know, generally these events are very carefully uh, attended, et cetera. So bottom line, um, he's denying any connection to that organization. He does decry the the Proud Boys. I was just about to ask. Yeah. 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 But. That happened only after it was brought out in the media. Right. And it was scrubbed, by the way. That that uh, video is scrubbed from the website. So as Hogan leaves office, he leaves behind one of the biggest projects probably in Maryland history when it comes to our roads. Um, we're talking about the toll lanes and specifically to just easing the congestion around areas like the American Legion Bridge and I-270. Um, did Westmore and Dan Cox address transportation? Yes, uh, because we asked them about it, and they both know uh, that this is a major, major uh, project for the state, Um, not just Montgomery County, but the State Highway Administration would have to administer this. So when I asked about them, here's what Cox said. I support the construction project, and we need to make that happen fast, and we need to use the existing right-of-ways to provide free roads. I mean, the United States Constitution and the federal dollars that come into our Transportation Trust Fund are funding uh, free roads, not toll roads. And here's what Moore has said. The congestion is not just psychologically and environmentally, but it's also economically backwards in the way that we're thinking about ways we're going to move people from where they live to where opportunities lie. We have to deal with the issue of congestion. Now, to be sure, this is a very, very complex issue with so many moving parts, including Mm. federal environmental studies, state plans, contracting issues, public-private partnership, contracting issues. Mm. We've already had contractors go to court 
to say, hey, wait a minute, I should have had a shot at that contract. No, you should. Yeah, it's so been it's, lagging on for so long. Yeah, and, and I don't mean to make light of it. No one likes sitting in traffic. Everyone wants to go when they need to get somewhere. But both men do agree on they don't dismiss tolls out of hand. But Cox said we need free roads. I'm not opposed to the concept of toll roads if it's done in an appropriate way in a separation from the the expansion of our free roads. The last thing we need, Kate, is to tax people more with toll roads. And Moore said that he is not against tolls out of hand, Mm. but... The way this current plan is constructed, uh, it, it, it does not work. I think there are there are significant flaws, uh, not to mention the fact that I don't think it's actually going to address the issue of the congestion. So you see, there is a commonality there. That, mm. Again, and I, I suspect right now you have everyone looking at their pocketbooks and I want out of traffic. But do I have to pay more money for it? So it's a it's a tough one for these guys. It's a real tough, contentious uh, issue. Um, and that's why I don't run for office. <laughs> no. it's, a, it's, a, it's a thorny issue that they must address. They, right. This is not something they can gloss over or delay. Right. It's a biggie. Mm. Well, Kate's going to be following this election, obviously, on election night, although there's still a question of where the candidates are going to be. So we do have a location. Uh, we did get confirmation from the Westmore campaign. I will be with that campaign. Uh, our colleague, Sarah Jacobs, will be with the Cox campaign that evening. We'll be following along with you both. Thank you, Kate. Thanks a million. And coming up after the break, we bring in a special guest for this week's DMV Date segment, and he suggests how you can turn your deck into a destination. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602, changing lives. Explain your DNA on, on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms. And before we go, it is DMV Dates time, baby. And we have a new person in who you guys have never heard from, Rob Stallworth from the WTOP Traffic Center. Hello. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Good. Thanks for coming in to do this. No problem. So you know the deal. You have to say, like, you know, this is the this is the date. This is how much it costs. This is our fun fact. So I'll start if you want me to, unless you want to go first. Sure. No, you go. Okay. My date, it's actually, you know what? It could be like a good dad-kid, mom-kid date. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is why. So you take the uh, metro to Waterfront. Okay. You get off at Waterfront. You're thinking, oh, you're going to send me down to the wharf. I'm not. You take a left, and you go up to this place called Momo Chicken and Grill. And it's, you guys, it is so good. First of all, you're not going to have to deal with the crowds at the wharf trying to get dinner, you know, around. This is like an evening thing. Yeah. Um, it's called Retro Hip KFC Joint. That's how what it goes by. And it's basically like Korean fried chicken. So there's a really interesting menu. It's good. 
You is can it get a fusion. Kind it's of kind of a fusion place. I mean, you can get like chicken on salad if right. you want to go basic, right. or you can get like, you know, dumplings or whatever. It's it's great. So you get a little meal there, maybe fifty bucks with a drink, right? And then you walk over to Arena Stage. I have actually never been to Arena Stage. I've walked by it about a million times, but I'm always going somewhere else. You've never been in. I've it. never been in it, and. They have this play going on right now called Sanctuary City. And this is why I think it might be good for a teenager to see this play because it's about teenagers. It's about two dreamers um, who basically are trying to be just regular teenage kids. Should I go to prom? Whatever. But they're both undocumented and they're seeing all this stuff go on in the news. They're a little nervous. They're nervous and they're feeling like, you know, I feel like I'm like everybody else, but... This is affecting me, you know, my family and we could be deported or whatever. So it's supposed to be this really interesting story about, you know, like kind of seeing the whole issue through the eyes of these kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it would be really good. I mean, for anybody to see, really. But just to kind of start the conversation, if you are on a real date date, you could have a big conversation about it afterwards. Um, So tickets, two tickets to that. And it's a play are 100 bucks. Um, so it was like a 150 date. Right. If you take the metro. That's not bad. Um, last part, my little fun fact is I didn't know this about Arena Stage. It's like a stage in the round. So you're surrounding the stage on all sides as mm-hmm. the audience, mm-hmm. which if you are putting on a play there, makes it really difficult because you can't really have a set because it would block anybody's view. Right. And the actors have to constantly be moving. Because at some point, their back is to you. So they don't want to un- unobstruct. Exactly. So yeah. the whole thing, like the blocking of staging, I don't know very much about, I'm not an actor, but right. it's a whole thing where they are very intentionally moving around the stage so everybody gets to see them. Oh, Just kind of cool. cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's my date. Our idea has always been, even during the pandemic, has been to go to the comedy club. Yes. Yeah. The Wait, improv. you went during the pandemic? Oh, yeah. We went during the pandemic. So you said to mask up, but that's it. Yeah. Okay. That All right. That was it. And, you know, aside from the drinks, you know, you have to have a two drink minimum. Right. And then, so that's one drink per person. I always order two because, you know. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a two it's drink a, minimum. It's a date. <laughs> you got to enjoy yourself some kind of way. And by the way, Rob is like a tequila connoisseur. Oh, my So God. we can do a whole other show on that at some point. Reposado but... only. Ooh, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Reposado, Samanejo, okay. but Reposado is my favorite. All right, all right. And they have that at the comedy club. Oh, yeah. They got to. They, they better, <laughs> or I'm not going. You know, it's the bottom line. So we went to see what's the young lady's name who did the impersonation of the president. <gasps> oh, on, on social media. me, yes. We went to see her. Oh, my God, I totally forgot about that whole thing. That and was a big deal. she was Excellent. Really? That's Excellent. wonderful. And I mean, and she's not G-rated when she's at the improv, and so we were really in tears the whole time. But it was great. I mean, it was over $50, of course. Tickets are like probably $35, $40 each. But, but then like the fees and all the extra stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's something we didn't mind because during the pandemic, we really didn't do a whole lot mm-hmm. of going out. Mm-hmm. My wife would do... Uh, what she calls deck destinations. What's that? She would cook elaborate meals on the weekends only. And we'd have dinner on the deck. Aww, and we'd that's invite so cute. you know her best friend over to the house and we would hang out and drink, hang out and have a great time. 
And the destination is whatever type of food she was. Destination is the food. I love it. It could be seafood. It could be steak. It could be whatever. It was fantastic. (laughs) But now you're like, where are we going tonight? Yeah, but now that the pandemic's over, you know, I'm stuck with going out to pay for a meal. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll go to like Artie's in Fairfax or something like um, uh, Sweetwater. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. So Sweetwater, we'll go to Sweetwater and then we'll go to the movies. You know, and hang out there and yeah. do it that way. And that's, you know. That's a classic date. Yeah, yeah. We we do stuff classically because it makes us feel good. Okay, so that's like your go-to place in Fairfax. Those are your two go-to restaurants. Mm-hmm. And what, I mean, you'd probably spend, what, like 70 bucks on a meal? Probably. Two people? Yeah. Okay, and then a movie. Yeah, exactly. All right, what's your fun fact? Well, I don't need to have a fun <laughs> fact. The fun fact is we went out. I knew en- you would know. We enjoyed ourselves and had a great time. <laughs> You know, so the fun fact is classic as get, dates as you get older, are good. Yeah. As you get older, trust me, you're like, <laughs> let's go out on a date. Yeah, I'm not dating like I'm single going on a date. I'm going with my wife. So anytime that I can get to spend with my wife and enjoy myself, that's icing on the cake. Oh, how sweet is that? I hope she listens to this. Uh, I mean, I'll make you're, her you're selling yourself short, though, because the creativity with her deck destinations thing, that's yeah. a great oh, yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody was, can use that, even that if you have a patio or that something. classic. You're not selling yourself short when you have a deck oh, that's no. nice and you have a wife that's interested in cooking yeah. only on the weekends. The simple pleasures, sometimes. That's it. It's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Rob, thank you for coming in. Not a problem. My pleasure. And we're going to bring Luke back in. That'll do it for us today on the DMV Download. Hello again. This show is sponsored by Steamfitters <laughs> Local 602. Our music is by Real World. Uh, leave us a review and rate our show if you get the chance. And let us know what you think about the DMV dates or shoot us some ideas. We are on social media every day, posting from behind the scenes. And you can become a VIP listener at dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com, and on the WTOP News app. Have a great night, and we'll see you tomorrow.